0: You know, everyone talks about finding your ideal client. You got to target, blah, blah, blah. But how do you do that? Well, what if I told you you could do it with three easy questions? That's what we're going to talk about today. Okay, here's the show. Welcome to More Than A Few Words, a marketing conversation for business owners. MTFW is part of the Digital Toolbox, and this is your host, Lorraine Ball. And today, I'm really excited because Tim Fitzpatrick from Rialto Marketing is back. Today, we're going to be talking about your ideal client. Tim is an entrepreneur, he's a business owner, and he has expertise in marketing and business growth with more than 20 years of entrepreneurial experience and a passion for developing and growing businesses. He has been a guest before and I encourage you to look for his other episode, but don't leave yet. We want you to stay around for today's conversation. Tim, welcome to the show.
1: Lorraine, thanks for having me back. I'm uh, honored to be here again.
0: Like I told you, we don't invite everybody back, but your interview was so good and it was so popular and you had such actionable information that I'm going to put you to the test again. Okay,
1: Okay. cool. I I set the bar for myself, so now I got to jump over it again, right?
0: Absolutely. We're going to talk about finding your ideal client. And you told me that you had three questions that people could use to really hone in on who their ideal client is. What's the first question?
1: So first question, and by the way, let me preface this by saying, I am assuming that you have been in business for a while. You have existing and past clients. Okay. So for people in that situation, the best place to start is to ask yourself these three questions. The first question is who do you enjoy working with? Okay. Why the heck do we want to be in business and work with people that make us bang our head against a wall. Okay. No point. So I want you to look at your existing and past clients and look at the ones that you just love working with.
0: That's such great advice. I had someone who once told me that I should look at all of my clients and answer the question, if I could only work with three of them, who would it be? Yeah, And then look for kind of what did they share in common? That is a great place to start. I have my clients that I love. Now, what do I do?
1: Now, you're going to ask yourself, who are my most profitable clients? Okay? There's a few things to dig into here. One, I mean, obviously, if we're not profitable, we're not doing us any favors. We're not doing our clients any favors because we're not going to be in business. So we have to be profitable. It is okay to make money. A lot of people when they think about their most profitable clients, they naturally gravitate towards their largest clients. Ironically, your largest clients usually are not your most profitable because they may be driving volume. They may be taking up a lot of your time. They may be pressuring you on price. So don't automatically gravitate towards your largest clients. It's probably not. But if we we got to work with our most profitable
0: clients. When I was a- at corporate we ranked all of our clients and we ranked them based on sales volume. And everybody got really excited about the guys at the very top that were buying millions of dollars worth of equipment from us. But when we dove into it, and of course this is the extreme, but we found there were advertising concessions, pricing concessions, inventory concessions. We were taking them on trips and we were whining and dining them. And really the little guys in the middle who ordered equipment, paid their bill, and came back again, were actually way more profitable.
1: Yeah, it's not surprising.
0: I totally agree with you that profit does not equal the biggest dollar sale. Okay, so who do I like working with? Who do I make money working with? And?
1: And who do you do your best work for? So who do you get the best results for consistently over and over again. Okay. If we can work with clients that we get great results for, they're going to want to do more business. They're going to stay with us longer. They're going to refer us. It's just a natural, those are all great things to happen, right? So we've asked ourselves these three questions and now we have a group, a subgroup of current and past customers that we answered positively to all three of those questions, It's that subgroup that you start to look for your ideal clients and you look for your ideal clients in that subgroup by starting to dig into the demographics and the psychographics, how they're feeling, and you look for commonalities. And inevitably, Mm -hmm. those commonalities pull one to three subgroups. Those one to three subgroups, those are your ideal clients.
0: It is such a valuable exercise to really dig into and look at who you're doing business with because it also gives you an opportunity on the one hand to create great marketing because now you're talking to a smaller group. And on the other hand, it gives you a little bit of courage to turn down work you really don't want to do.
1: Yeah. Once you know who your ideal clients are, you now have a an idea of who you should be working with so that... You know who you intend to attract when you talk to people that show interest? You have a you have a barometer to measure them against and go, "Yeah, they're not going to be a good fit or they are going to be a good fit." And you have the confidence to say, "You know what? We're not going to be a good fit. Let me let me mm-hmm. send you off somewhere else." Because I think we've all made that mistake where we work with somebody that we know is probably not a great fit and inevitably it comes back to bite us. You know, we're we're not happy, mm-hmm. the client's not happy. It's just not, it's, it's not a good road to go down. And I, I've made that mistake plenty of times.
0: Absolutely. When you identify what it is that makes someone a great client, now you're well-prepared when someone says to you, who do you like working with? Yes. You already know what to say. And when someone who you think would be a good prospect says, have you ever worked with anyone like me? Now you've got this wealth of examples.
1: Yep, absolutely. And you also, once you know who you intend to attract, now you can create a list of where the heck they are. Mm-hmm. Where are they online? Where are they offline? And that list, that gives you an idea of where you can be to put your message in front of the right people. But you can't create that list until you know who the heck you're trying to attract.
0: Would you say that this is an exercise that you have to do periodically, maybe every six months or every year? Does it change? Doesn't it change? What do you think?
1: It absolutely can change. The market is evolving. Our businesses are evolving. And as our business evolves, you know our, our ideal clients may change as well. So yeah, it's not a bad idea, I think, to go through this exercise probably once a year, just to kind of reconfirm. I mean, it may not change all that much, but it is a good exercise to go through and just keep top of mind because as things evolve, yeah, there may be shifts. And there's plenty of examples of people that started working with certain types of clients, and you know, they got into it, and they're like, gosh, you know, with the product mix we have now, we're attracting different types of clients, and those are actually better clients, and it's okay. Things are not static.
0: No, they're not. We did this exercise with my team, and it was so interesting. Because what I thought was a great client for us, I got feedback from people that had to do the actual work that maybe it wasn't as great a client. And that gave us not just marketing direction, it also gave us an opportunity to talk about processes and how do we change what we do so it's not stressful. And in one case, what we found was we actually switched account execs because it really was just a, personality mismatch. And once we did that, everybody was happier.
1: That's a really great example of rain. And a point that most people overlook is when you understand who your ideal clients are, you can also use that to make great business decisions. We're thinking about making this change. Well, it doesn't matter what the hell I think about it. It, What matters is how our ideal clients are going to think about it. And if you can take that decision and go, hey, is... X, Y, and Z ideal client going to appreciate this. Are they going to value it? Yes, no. And then we can easily make the decision. So many people overlook that.
0: Awesome. Well, Sam, this has been awesome. Once again, you crammed a ton of value in a short period of time.
1: I'm happy to do it. and uh, Like I said, I appreciate you having me back.
0: Well, it was my pleasure. And if you heard things from Tim that piqued your curiosity, there's going to be a link in the show notes to RialtoMarketing.com slash more dash than dash a dash few words. And on that page, there's going to be all sorts of great resources that you can check into. So definitely hop over and check it out. Thank you, Tim. Thank you. If you've enjoyed today's conversation and you want to find more resources for your business, be sure to check out digitaltoolbox.club. Look for MTFW wherever you listen to podcasts. This has been another episode of More Than A Few Words. Thanks for listening.